Welcome back to The Last Row Podcast. This is episode 96 of The Last Row Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. And Mr. Badway, how are you doing? Happy New Year. 96. That's like the best year of my life, Drew. It's, like, it's the best year of my the life. The summer of 96. Uh, young, it's, all, young, it's been all, all downhill from there, man. A young Badway, impressionable, <laughs> listen to Vertical Horizon. That's right, man. <laughs> oh, man. If you're looking for our website, thelastrowpodcast.com, follow us on Twitter at The Last Row Pod. Facebook.com slash The Last Row Pod. You can now leave a five-star review on Spotify. So now I'm going to be uh, shilling for the five-star five reviews here for, for Spotify. Listen, so if you're subscribed, please leave us a five-star review. Listen, I don't mean to get all the people this, you know, this early into the podcast, but leave a five-star. Don't be lazy. <laughs> don't be crazy. Don't be lazy. Thank you in advance. Same with Apple Podcasts. If you are enjoying the show, you're new to the show, and you haven't left us a five-star review, please consider doing that. It definitely helps us out. Same with Podchaser. Thanks to everyone that's left one so far. Badway, this is a, a year in review. I don't know if that'll be the title of the episode, but this is our special 2021 retrospective. We've officially been back for like a year right now. It's been crazy. Can you believe that? Two episodes a month for an entire year. If you guys have been with us from the start in 2015, you know that that's very rare for us to do. Dropping episodes months later at a time, years later at a time, hiatuses. Hiatuses out the anuses. It's like, it's just, it's been nuts. But I'm proud of us. I got to be honest with you. I'm proud of us. And hey, I'm not, it, but it's okay. you know, well, let's, let's take this moment to thank everybody that's, that's been with us for the past year. Thanks to everyone that wrote in and, and asked us to come back over the years that we were out, but it's been a crazy year or a crazy couple of years for everybody. And I think looking at the podcast and what we've done for the past year is, is a fun little exercise here. We've got something cooked up for you here today, a little bit of a retrospective, like we said, and a little bit of an award show for the past year. Nothing too crazy, and Bowie will tell you a little bit about that in a second, but Bowie, I just want to ask you, over the past year, 2021, of your of your podcasting career, what is something that you can say you're most thankful for, for the, for the past year of what, what we've done in the spirit of, of new year, new beginnings? Well, you know, I think you're, you want me to say our amazing listeners and audience, that's what you would want me to say. But I I'm going to say, I'm thankful for you. Oh, man. My, You're my too lovely, kind. My lovely podcast host, without you, uh, I, w- I would not be doing this right now. So well, thank, thank you, you. For, pu- you, for pushing us into, into uh, the, the 2021 you know, year that was. No, oh, man. Where we, uh, we brought the podcast back from obscurity, and well, it's still relatively obscure. <laughs> uh, but That's for sure. Back from the dead, I should say. No, and, and I, the same goes for you. I don't. I couldn't think of another person that I'd rather be doing this with. And you know, we've been talking as friends for twenty years now, or whatever it's been. I think yeah. this is just a, the highlight of of the two weeks that we do. And I always have a, a a fun time doing this during the week, even though we always do it last minute and at three a.m. So yes. it's, it's still fun. It doesn't mean doesn't mean we don't love it any less. And, and I, I think the other thing I would say that I, I'm thankful for is I will say our amazing listeners and audience. <laughs> I know you think that too, but we have so many new people that are listening to the show now over the past year, now that we've been back. Thank you to everybody that's taken the time to hit the subscribe button, left us a review, wrote to us the time that we were out and said, hey guys, where are you? Are you okay? Come back. It's been an awesome outpouring of of support from the listeners and, and everyone has been so awesome. So we really appreciate you spending an hour plus with us every two weeks. It's really, it's really amazing to think that anyone cares to listen to us babble about yeah. movies and whatnot. The other thing I'm thankful for is, is just being able to release every two weeks. We've done that. And I, I feel proud of the fact that we've done that. So 
I will move on to the next thing. So let me ask you this last question before we jump into the awards here. What's your favorite episode that we did this past year? If you had to pick, you know, one or two, what are your favorites? Oh man. Well, like the first one that comes to mind was actually our return episode, Batman forever from back in January. I don't know. It's just the way we kind of explored the whole Bruce Wayne of it all, you know, compared the different Bruce Wayne's, the different, um, the different Alfreds, old ass Alfred versus British Alfred versus, you know, you know, the more, the newer style. I kind of like that. And also, um, I know what you did last summer. We don't do many horror movies and I feel like we did that one pretty, pretty much did it justice. And I think it should pave the way for future horror movies. Yeah. And, and that was, that was your suggestion. I really, we don't, we haven't done horror movies as you mentioned. And that was one of the more fun ones that I think we've done over the past couple yeah. of years here. And I had a blast with that one too. So I think yeah. underrated episode, if you're new to this show and, and you haven't listened to any of our episodes, it's sort of an obscure movie unless you, you've grown. I mean, it got some acclaim, but Basic Instinct, that was one of my favorite ones that yeah. we've done. Oh yeah, very fun. Just the ridiculous nature of Michael Douglas and how he thinks that he gave Sharon Stone the night of her life. And she just shuts him down. I mean, that's like one of my favorite podcast <laughs> moments. And just, I don't know, I had, a, I had a fun time with that. It was one of those movies that we watched. I forgot how good it was. And it had no business being on this show, but we just decided to do it. And I think it was just a lot of fun. So that that was one of yeah. my favorite ones too. It, it was the F of the century for, yeah. for sure for him. Um, <laughs> and no, for us. Yeah. That episode goes to show. I mean, I mean, this this whole episode is pretty much a pat on our back. So, you know, we got to do this. <laughs> it goes to show that we can do a hell of a steamy, sexy ass thriller. Yeah. And we need to do more of those, I feel. Yeah. You know, we tend to do a lot of action movies, a lot of uh, nostalgic uh, 90s and 80s uh, family movies. But we need to dip our toe a little bit more into uh, the sexy thriller. Wild Things, Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Yes. So yes I, I, sure. At the end of the episode, I'm going to ask you, what are you hoping for in 2022? So think think about that as we go through this. But yeah. the listeners are by now are bored. So if they, yes. they've either hit shut off or whatever. They don't, nobody cares about 2021. But we're going to take a second and recognize our work. Like you said, it's a pat on our back. We did a lot of awesome movies this year. We've had a lot of awesome things. Tell, tell everybody what we're, what we're about to embark on here. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, for everyone who shut this off by now, that's fine. <laughs> you know, they're gone. It's gone. This, this is for us and for the hardcore fans that have been with us throughout and who really latched on lately, maybe to, you know, whet their appetite to go back into our library and, and listen to what we've been doing for the past year. It's kind of a showcase of the movies that we did in the past year and kind of highlighting some of our favorite moments, favorite characters in categories, kind of MTV movie award style, you know, yeah. with a little, um, you know, not just best movie, best actor, best actress, but also, you know, getting a little more ridiculous as we do it, uh, you know, episode, episode. We introduced the awards for a lot of the shows that or the movies that we've been doing this year or since we've been back, I think that we've sort of incorporated that into the, into the show. So this being part of our, our yearly, our yearly cycle here, maybe this is a fun thing. And if people like it, you know, definitely write in the last row podcast at gmail.com tweet or Facebook us. Let us know if you guys enjoy what we're about to do here or how it goes. And we'll see if we can up the ante next year a little bit more. So Uh, without any further ado, how do we, uh, how do we get this thing started, Drew? So we're going to, we're just going to call it the the last row movie awards for lack of a better, (laughs) lack of a better word. Maybe we'll call it, maybe we'll call it the ball and ass fun times award. You know, the real BAFTAs. The the, the real BAFTAs. This is the real BAFTAs. The ball and ass fun times (laughs) awards. 
So there's a bunch of categories that we have here. And, and Bad, like Badway said, there's there's 12 awards that we're going to go through. We nominated these. So we created the nominees. And in a lot of cases, this was really difficult for us. So we've done, I think, 20, 24 or 25 movies this past year, not counting some of the bonus episodes or something like that. So it was really hard to cut down some of the different awards or a different nominees in each of the categories. So some we have some honorable mentions, but we'll go through these. It's, it's 12 awards and, and we'll tell you what the award is, who the nominees are, and we're going to try to come to a consensus winner throughout these, sort of like the villain scale in a way, but less of the uh, philosophical number, numeric debate. We're just going to go based on gut feel here and we'll see if we can we can win, win uh, have somebody win within the categories. So without further ado... Let's just start with the first one, man. Let's let's start with this first one. Do you want to introduce it? Do you want me to? You want to I'll, do it? Go I'll, ahead. I'll go, I'll go, go for ahead. it. Yeah. So so the first uh, first category is the letterboxed. Is it good? But did you like it? <laughs> Award for best movie. Too low. Parentheses too low. <laughs> too low. Way too low. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. So really, it's basically it's basically best movie. Not so much best movie overall, but like maybe favorite movie. I would yeah. say. Is it good? Did you like is it, it? Is it good? And did you like it? Uh, those are two different things, and they're not mutually exclusive sometimes. So, what are our nominees, Drew? So we have a bunch here. We couldn't whittle it down to three. I'll just I'll read them all out, and then we we'll give arguments for each of these. So the first one is is a personal favorite of both of ours, Rockstar. The second one is Out for Justice. The third is Batman Forever. And and by the way, these are only movies that we've done in 2021. So we're not going through the full back catalog. Uh, so Rockstar, Out for Justice, Batman Forever, Commando, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I'm not going to count it, but an honorable mention would have been True Lies or The Mummy. They're both really good movies, and in a real award show, they'd probably be good movies, but I don't know that we can count them here. They're so. standard. They're standard too good. They're not, you know, they're not letterbox good. Yeah. So, so let, let's take, let's go through each of these. So you tell me the ones that you think should win and and why and we can we can maybe whittle down and figure out what the real winner is which which one would you pick of this list well, or which Well company? I think the winner I think the winner is Rockstar I think it's obvious. Why do why would you say that? Because it is just the best I don't know what would you call it best it's the best movie about rock and roll I think ever. Is, is that is that is that ridiculous to say? No, I mean uh, I, <laughs> I I don't think that <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> that's a Drew. That's a Drew hot take. Yeah. Zack Snyder. There, you're gonna. Yeah. You're, gonna go, you're pulling a, the the bad way. Cut on me here. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great movie. I mean, look, it definitely belongs on this list. I think that you could argue that Commando is the action movie that started all action movies, and you could mm-hmm. argue that it that it might be a better movie per se. But I can see why you would pick Rockstar. What about? Would you give any credit to Out for Justice or Batman Forever? Yeah, I I also think Batman Forever is a nostalgic pick just because I loved it so much in 1996. So, I mean, that will always hold a place in my heart. And no matter what anyone says about that movie or has anything negative to say about it, I will always tell them to shut their faces. It's great. You don't know what you're talking about. And, um, I mean, as far as the movies we had to choose from, if we're we're deleting the actual good movies – then I think that I know what you did last summer was was well made and can stand up here against Commando and any of them. I I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with Rockstar. I kind of I kind of want to I kind of want to make that the winner. To be honest, what's what's the movie where they're like on the tour bus and it's the young kid who's the writer? Oh, uh, oh, sh- it's the Cameron Crowe movie. 
The Cameron Crowe movie, yes. Yeah, we forget. See, that's what. See, it's not memorable. You know, people would say, "Yeah, that's the best rock star movie of all time." But no, screw you. It's rock it's, star. It's Mark three a.m. and I definitely yeah. don't. Rem- I know that movie. I've seen it. Billy yeah. Crudup is in it. I, I can't. I just can't think right now. It's like I it's, know it's, the not, movie. it's not high fidelity, but I, but it's like it's, it's kind of high fidelity. Like, high, high yeah, high fidelity <laughs> is is the movie with John, your favorite John Cusack, when he's working at the vinyl store. Almost famous. That's it. Almost, yeah. High fidelity. Uh, John Cusack sucks. So <laughs> definitely not that movie. So, so are we? Are we giving it to Rockstar? Are we giving it the awards? Are we giving? I mean, it I'm to giving Rockstar? it. You're gonna have to fight me for it if you want to take it off. I want to. So for all these categories, I'm expecting everyone will write into us. I'm gonna list out. We're gonna list out who the nominees are. We'll put it on the website. And if you disagree with Rockstar being on this list, which everyone's gonna disagree, sure. Let us know. But I think I think we got to give it to Rockstar because this is my mic stand. If we if we pulled it, it's probably going to be Commando. But you know, no, it's I Rockstar. think Alfred Justice is a close a close one B to me because it's such a iconic movie, and it's not a good movie. But it's I did like it. Yeah, it's it's not good, but I did like it. So. <laughs> yeah, Letterbox it. Letterbox four stars. I don't know if we should have a red. I don't know if we should. It's no no Spider Man into the Spider Verse, right? Yeah, right. I don't know if we should have read all the awards first, but maybe we'll just keep people on their toes. No, so let's just, keep on their toes. Just to recap, the letterbox is it good, but did you like it? Best movie award too low is Rockstar. The winner is Rockstar. <laughs> Give it to Rockstar. Too much, way too many, way too many titles in there. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like 32 titles. But but would you have it any other way on the last no, podcast here? No. You wouldn't. We're all about well, colons and parentheses. So, all right. Award number two, the Leave It the Past Award. Too high. Too high. Bad nostalgia for the movie that we went into excited that to watch based on our you know '90s nostalgia, and uh, came out thinking eh, that wasn't that good, was it? So. <laughs> wasn't very good. <laughs> to quote to quote Badway, wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> so what are our nominees on this one? So there's only three in this category because it seems like we watched a little bit more than that were good than than maybe not too high, but. I'll give you the three. So the first one's Batman and Robin. The second one is Angels in the Outfield. And the third is Three Ninjas. All movies that I think I still like them, but I think when we watch them, all three of these, I mean, Batman and Robin is just not good at all. No, but but it's got, it's got redeeming qualities with Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He saves the movie. Really? He does. And it gave us the Clooney doesn't give a crap Mm -hmm. meme that we have on the show now. So I think I, I, me personally, I would give the winner to Angels in the Outfield because I believe in our podcast episode, I did say, I don't think there's any reason for me to ever watch this movie ever again. So if I said that, then I feel like I would, I would, it would be foolish not to vote for it for the Leave in the Past. Award. My, my vote for this one, and this is where maybe we're going to have a, 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 a debate, is Three Ninjas. Um, yeah. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger saves Batman and Robin, and I might watch clips of it. Yeah. I thought that I was going to go into Three Ninjas thinking that it was like much better than it was. It still entertained me, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I also agree with you on Angels in the Outfield. It's just Angels in the Outfield is a better movie. You might be right considering like Three Ninjas in the back of my mind was friggin' yeah. awesome. And then when we watch it as 30 plus year olds, it's like, what is this? This is, what is this? And Angels in the Outfield had the bad father barometer. I mean, it, it yeah. basically create you created the bad father barometer from that essentially. And yeah. the Three Ninjas movie like it had the x lax scene but you're right i went in remembering i saw that like a hundred times as a kid and i i thought it was the best movie ever and going in i'm like man this is not very good and we had like yeah. the dollar store terry silver <laughs> snyder as the bad guy it <laughs> yeah. just was kind of not that great 
it's definitely definitely quintessential leave in the past, I suppose, just because if like all copies of that movie, digital and otherwise, just cease to exist from the earth after like nineteen ninety nine, then we might have thought of that as like, you know, our generation's godfather. But since <laughs> We're allowed to go back and watch it again. Oh wait, no, it wasn't that good. <laughs> There's something hilarious about thinking the three digits is the Godfather, 1992's Godfather. Yeah. Are we going with three digits? Is that what we're voting yeah, for? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. Yeah, I'll all right, all right. If you guys, if you guys disagree, let us know which would, which one would you leave in the past? The bad nostalgia award, leaving in the past too high. Bad. That's another really long name. We'll have to, like, I think we, we need to like memorialize these awards now that we have them. So depending on who the winner is, maybe for 2022's awards, we can yeah. change the name of it. So and full disclosure to the audience. Like we just came up with this idea like a couple hours ago. So <laughs> please bear with us. You know, you're you're already here. It's you're already here. It's only going to get better. Yeah. So. But it's better Hopefully. than no episode. Is it or is it better than no episode? We'll, we'll I don't see know. about that. We'll see, we'll see about, about that. T B D. the number three, the Nicolas Cage Acting Clinic Award <laughs> Which we debated calling it the Thomas Ian Griffith Acting Award, but we you know, we're Terry Silver fanboys. Yeah. So but, but we wanted to give the caveat of kind of best acting performance that the movie has no business having a great acting performance in it. Right? Yeah. Oh, Basically absolutely. Long, long, Long story long, that's what that is. And the person acted so hard that they redeemed yeah. the movie themselves. Yeah. And they're the only yeah. re, like redeeming quality of the movie, yeah. per se. Yeah. Like in so. our in our our first uh, nominee, to give gravitas to the movie Street Fighter is just out of this world, unnecessary, but but we're thankful for it. Yes. So why don't you run through our, yeah. our nominees so the, for you? The nominees are number one, Raul Julia, who was dying of stomach cancer or some type of Painful Cancer only was in the movie because his kid liked Street Fighter. The last thing this man did before he died was act in this awful, god-awful movie, but he knocked it out of the park to the point where, like, I don't even want to tell you the other nominees. We will, but we need to call this the Raul Julia Memorial Acting yeah. Clinic Award. Yep. Uh, so second one, Sharon Stone, Catherine Trammell, who just killed it in Basic Instinct. That wasn't a bad movie. I don't think it was a bad movie, but she just well, was awesome. It was a trashy movie. It wasn't great. Yeah, it was It was sort of like Skin and Max style movie, yeah. but sexy, steamy thriller. And then the third, Daniel Stern, who was just out of the, out of the, out of his mind, goofy and physical yeah. acting in Bushwhacked. He literally threw himself into that role. Yes, so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He, he fought a bear. Yeah. But we got to go with Raul Julia here, right? I mean, yeah, the the, the the category was created for Raul Julia. I mean, this is the one where we thought of it right away. We're like, this man is t- too good for this movie. Thank you for being in this movie to counterbalance Jean Claude Van Damme. There, there's so many other actors we could have nominated here, but we tried to keep it to three. But this is now going to be known, I think, 2020, 2022 onwards, now that you're hearing this, as the Raul Julia Acting Clinic Award. Yes. <laughs> so yes. It's, it's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, we tell the next one. Uh, award number four, the Wayne Campbell. I know it's a small part, but can we get somebody better? Award the mail it in award, Drew. This is <laughs> so essentially this is this is someone who just DGAF during yes. their time. They're they're cashing the paycheck in, right? Yeah. So so we're we're opening this category up not just to bit parts like Charlton Heston uh, was switched in for the lame actor in Wayne's World Two. We're talking all actors are are no actors off limits in all of our movies here over the past year. These people just. Did not give a fla about <laughs> their performance in this movie. So what do we got? So first one, number one, the the meme of of Last Row Podcast now, George Clooney, aka Batman, Bruce Wayne, Batman and Robin, 
yeah. did not care at all. He Talk signed about, up. yeah, big paycheck <laughs> to just sit there and not, just he was checked out from day one. I mean, and, and th- this is a category I want to talk a little bit about each of these guys. So let me run through. Yeah. And then we, I, we have to come back and talk about some of these guys. Okay. This is going to be a tough one because so James Kahn, Coach Sam Winters from the program. Yes. That was that was a, a rough one. Oh, John man, Lithgow, was, uh, yeah. <laughs> John Lithgow, Eric Quaylen. You know, with a name like that, can you just get somebody better? I mean, yeah. It's a great guy, villain's name. And then the costume designer for Blanca from Street Fighter is our fourth <laughs> nominee. <laughs> this is like so to, no so effort, can, no can effort. He, Give me your thoughts on on Clooney again. So you were going into it a little bit. Yeah. What like what made him mail it in so hard? And, so and- I feel like he like signed on to do the movie, then read the script. I feel like that's probably what happened, right? Yes. And then once he once he saw it, he was like, "Oh shit!" All and right. And he still he still distances himself from it, and he he like makes fun of like, "Oh, he killed Batman," but he does it like in such a still doesn't give a crap about it. Role. No, he's as bad as the script was. He's still part of the problem, even though he probably thinks he's not. Arnold was he great definitely, in that movie. He was definitely just sitting there in his like you know, you know the movie chair with the with the back with the yeah, has your name back, on it. You know, yeah, has your name on it. I just picture him just in his bat suit, just sitting on that chair, feet up, going, "What? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta." Okay, Batman. All right, right. Ba- I guess I'll be Batman. <laughs> I guess I'm Batman now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least, at least Val Kilmer played it like like dark and brooding. Like yeah. George Clooney was just like I'm George Clooney in like, a bat suit. Like if someone were to act in a movie while eating an apple cockily yeah. for the entire duration of the filming, that's like the the equivalent of the George Clooney performance of him just eating an apple while acting. The, the next one is one that I just have to say, right? Like the opposite of like acting so cockily and like cocky, James Caan just looked like he didn't want to be there. Like yeah. he looked like he just didn't care. He looked miserable. I, I wonder if he was having like family issues at the time, right? Was was Scott Kahn being a little dick? He you just know? exhausted. <laughs> Did he have like a twelve year old Scott Kahn just running around being an asshole, and he was like thinking about him or something? Like I don't know what's going on here. What I don't know is like it's either the most lazy performance or the most genius performance because he plays like an old coach that just doesn't care anymore, and like, but like, I don't know. he did care. He did kind of care. But he his, he was just ugh, his pathetic. character was supposed to care, Drew. It was supposed to care. We. You know, I, I almost want to give it to him because it's like literally like, can't we get someone better? Like yeah. he's a good actor. He's just awful in the role. Yeah. So what about what about John Lithgow? So you have so, strong thoughts on Eric Quaylen. Yeah. So I feel like it was just a miscast. So maybe does he maybe he doesn't deserve the award because he did put some effort into it. He tried. But like, I feel like his kind of like holier than thou voice, which is kind of like him. He's typecast into that yeah. kind of role. I don't know. I didn't think it fit. Like, I, I he, he wasn't threatening to me as yeah. as a villain of an action movie, and I just think we could have gotten somebody better. Yeah, he, he didn't he didn't mail it in, but we could have no. got someone better. Well, we definitely could have gotten someone better. <laughs> we definitely could have. And then what about the the Blanca costume designer? It's more of a joke, I guess. Than yeah, than I, video, it's but. all it's almost as if they had nothing and they didn't even know who Blanca was. Then someone showed them the video game. It was like, oh, does anybody have a green marker? Can we color this? Can we color his body quick? <laughs> I mean, that's some of the like the worst makeup I've ever seen, and I don't, I don't think they did like a bad job. I just think they didn't really know what they were like, going for. If we're talking about the same costume designer, right? How perfect did did M. Bison look? In this he was movie? amazing. He's amazing. I wish I had those clothes right now. Yeah. Like I would wear that. Like yeah. give me that like leather like, suit in the skull. I, I think the movie would be seventeen percent less embarrassing if Blanca was just written out of the script of that movie. <laughs> Like, Honestly, wasn't that the picture of our thing? Or no, it was it yeah. was guy, guile flexing. 
Yeah. Like, uh, it would it would be less of a laughing stop to the culture if um if Blanca wasn't in that movie. Look at the way he looks. Who do you want? Who do you voting for in this? <sighs> it's so hard, but I I gotta go with the biggest name, and I gotta go with Clooney. Yeah, I think so he too. Truly, just you can, it's so obvious on the screen that he would rather be anywhere else. But he still wants the money, Drew. So he's gonna be there. He's I gonna agree. do it. He, he collected the paycheck. Yeah, he's, he's probably still making royalties, and he yeah. probably made a crap ton of money on yeah. the the. the the action figures and the the molds and all of whatever, right? Yeah, he's maybe a laughing stock of it, but that movie's so bad that people look at it as a meme now. And Arnold Schwarzenegger saves that movie, so you know I could go back and look at it. But he, I agree, like this is this should be the George Clooney. Can't we get someone better award <laughs> moving forward? <laughs> so now now the best category. Tell everybody about this one. Ah, the Terry Silver Villain of the Year Award, Drew. Rightfully Self, named, yeah, right? Self-explanatory. Best villain. Of our 24-episode uh, run of 2021. Give us the nominees. Drew. So you're going to see a familiar, a couple familiar names here just because of how good they were in the movies. First one, Raul Julia as M. Bison from Street Fighter. Oof. Amazing. Oof. Sharon Stone, Catherine Trammell from, from Basic Instinct. Clearly. We got Emotep, not the not the band, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> the evil Egyptian priest named Emotep. The Mummy, also played by plagues. Arnold Vosloo. Yeah, all good the, the plagues. plagues. He's got a lot of powers there. Yeah. And then we we would be remiss if we didn't name the Superstorm from The Day After Tomorrow because it literally broke the villain scale. Yeah, yeah. It was a huge dick. The whole movie was it huge, was huge pain in the ass. <laughs> it was the, the, the straw that broke the villain scale's back, so to speak. So I don't know. Give me an argument for who you want here, because right, I have I'm a couple gonna, thoughts. I think I, I would I would almost rule out the Superstorm just because it was yes. defeated by a closed library door. I agree with so that. So I feel like to go out that <laughs> weekly, you, you can't win Best Villain, right? They burnt library books, yeah, and it defeated right. it. It's yeah. weakness in that. The villain scale was, was irrelevant because of so it. So what, what do you go by here? Because M. Bison was so, like, he was mad, you know? Yeah. He was mad with power. But Catherine Trammell was just an evil, brutal killer. Insane. Yeah. So what do you go by? Do you go by mad or do you go by evil? Uh, was, was M. Bison evil? Possibly. Well, I guess you could. I guess you I mean, could there, argue he was there's evil. There's genocide involved. Genocide. There's genocide, there's genocide involved. He murdered right? people. He didn't care. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. Tuesday to him, so. He thought he was right, though. <laughs> he thought yeah, he was he right. Well, that's true. He did think he was right. I mean. I don't know. I don't know if Catherine Trammell thought she was right. She was doing wrong. She knew she was doing wrong. Look, there's a, there's definitely an objective way to do this, but we're not going to be objective. We're going to be emotional on this one. <laughs> the objective way is to literally read the villain score on the villain scale, but like, yeah. let's not be that nah, objective. Nah, we we need that. to. This is an award show, right? We it's yeah. okay to be <laughs> to be emotional on this, <laughs> yeah. but no, you're right. Like the difference between M Bison and a Catherine Trammell is M Bison commits genocide. But Tremel commits murder and writes about it in a book and tries to get caught. Like she wants yeah. to get caught. What's so, so so you know about the patricide and the and the and the, and the, and the, and the regicide and the matricide? <laughs> is there a side for killing your sexual partner? Is that isn't there a side for that? There, there's probably a side for it. What, what's the side for killing your wife or husband? Uh, matricide? Is it, is it matricide? Mother, right? No, that's your mother though. Yeah, <laughs> broken side. <laughs> broken side. <laughs> Bro- broken side. <laughs> it's a deep cut there. No, I don't know what it is, but yeah. I kind of want to give it like. But then Emotep's got the plagues, so yeah. When you think about the effectiveness, 
I don't Catherine Trammell is the only we, one that didn't get caught and defeated. I mean, go back and listen to our Mummy episode. Some of those plays were weak. It was like he was yeah. he was like it was like batting fifty fifty. You know. Yeah. And, and and honestly, so I mean, obviously, there's a sequel to the Mummy. We didn't watch it. The Mummy Returns, but Catherine Trammell is the only one that doesn't get defeated when you think yeah. about it. So yeah, she, she I kind of want to vote for her, even though I think Bison is is more like showy and flashy. I kind of want to yeah. give it to Trammell. I'm going to give it to Tremel too. Just you are? Okay. Just such, such a powerful performance. Yeah. I think we agree on, we agree yeah. on that one. I, mm-hmm. This is going to be a controversial one. I need yeah. people write in. Again, thelastrollpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. This yeah, is listen, a tricky one. Don't hate on it. You know, you want to hate on it? Go watch Basic Instinct and tell, tell us for yourself. Because if you watch that movie, you can't say that she's not an evil, evil you know, <laughs> evil person like crazy. Son of a gun, right? Number six, Drew. Award number six, the Peter McAllister. <laughs> Worst Father of the Year award. <laughs> I mean, really, it's hard to single out Mr. Peter McAllister when really it's the McAllisters themselves. But we here like to point out our bad father barometer and all these movies with these, with their bad fathers. So, uh, so yeah, Worst Father of the Year. What do we got, Drew? So we got Roger's dad from yeah. Angels in the Outfield. I, I did. It's going to be hard to beat him. We didn't even learn his name. All we know is he's Dad with a Y. Roger's that's Dad. All we know. Dad. <laughs> Anyone that's going to drive a motorcycle away, like, see you later, kid. And Blowing drive away. dust in your son's face as you blow, as you drive away. It's pretty bad. I mean, this might be the Roger's Dad Award going forward in 2022. <laughs> the Roger's Dad. <laughs> <laughs> then, you got, then you got Sean Dunn, played by Fred Ward from Summer Catch, who is, oh. who is Freddie Prince Jr.'s father. Then Drunk you got... Loser. <laughs> with, a, with a successful lawn business. With a successful lawn business. Actually a winner in life. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got Rand Parrish. Played by Bruce Davison oh, from Summer Pack. What, what a oh. what a double hitter here, man. What this a is name. Like Rand, Rand Parrish. What a rich son of a bitch. Rand Parrish. <laughs> from right. Summer Catch. Two dads from Summer Catch. That's yeah. like, that's unprecedented here. And the, then you I, the, got. The, the I won't let my daughter date that scumbag, Rand Parrish. Who's a successful pitcher. Oh, I bet he lets her date her once he's a pitcher in the majors. There you go. I, I, bet he, I bet he lets her lets her date her after he looks at the looks at uh, Sean Dunn's books and realizes <laughs> the profits that he's turning. <laughs> he has no idea. He's going to invest. Uh, and then you got the last one is Sam Douglas, the FBI agent dad from Three Ninjas, who is underratedly terrible. Allows underratedly the kids to lousy. just associate with this dangerous grandfather. This guy sucks. He's pretty bad. Yeah. So this is a tough category. I want you yeah. go first. Who are you picking? It's hard to go for Roger's dad, but. Or not to so go for him, but I've got I've got two in mind. I've got Roger's dad. Yeah. Just because he is the stereotypical shows up once a year, if that, and automatically could not wait to get the hell out of there. Absolutely. Can't do this, son. I promise we'll we'll do it next time. I promise we'll be together next time. Can't do it right now. Too busy. Works really hard right now. He's got no job. Legit leaves his kid in an orphanage when he's there. Yeah. Like he yeah. can be his dad smoking cigarettes in the kid's face blowing smoke and then i'm also looking at rand parish who yeah. is a classist son of a bitch yeah who would not dare let his daughter look at scum of the earth ryan dunn who is you know part over in a very successful business i i have thoughts on this so here's and two he prob- things, right and he probably shouts racial racial slurs he probably does Probably does. He's, Haven't seen it, but I guarantee you he does. Oh, he definitely is. So so let me give you my argument against Rand Parrish here for a second. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he's keeping her, like he's going to send her to whatever school. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He's wrong, right? 100% so, so, wrong. So did Bison. Bison thought he was right too. 
Agreed. So did he. But Roger's dad is so bad, he picks the worst team in all of baseball and says, I'll be with you when the worst team, who who there's no possible way that in anybody's mind that these people could ever win the pennant. I'll I'll be back. I'll be your dad when essentially when the worst team of all time wins. That's really, really, really scummy. Yeah. Like there's no hope. There's no hope. Whereas Rand Parrish is still, he's still a father. Like he's there. Yeah. He, he's bad. He's there. He is there. But what's worse? Because, <sighs> you know, maybe being there and being awful is worse than having no dad at all. Because if little, uh, little Roger finds a Danny Glover, he becomes his dad. So yeah, it, it works out Ro- in the end. It's Roger's dad. It's Roger's It's gotta dad. be, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be. Yeah. I mean, think about like, who who is the worst team like, I don't know. Think about the worst possible team, right? Like, I'll be your dad when the Jags win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's not so, going to happen yeah. this year. It boils down to Roger's dad is a scumbag. And Rand Parrish is an asshole prick. Yes. <laughs> and I think scumbag goes over asshole prick. You, you should you should be quoting Gino Felino here from, from <laughs> Alfred Justice because <laughs> there's, a, there's a very choice <laughs> choice quote that you could use. I might have to beep the whole thing out, though. Oh, man. But I agree. Let, let's go with Roger's dad, Angels in the Outfield winner. Well, it has to well, be. Yeah, I agree. And this is why you're the best in the podcast biz, Drew, because segue of the year right there. It's a best <laughs> movie line of the year. What can I say, my friend? Best line of We're the team. year. Best line uttered from one of the movies that we did. We've got a couple nominees. How do you want to attack this, Drew? All right. I'll read you the names, and then let's take turns reading the quotes. Let's let's take turns, because we, we, okay. we got the quotes here for you guys. I, if I was any, if I had any more prepared time, I would probably just stitch them in, but I'm, I'm lazy and next year we'll do it. So, right. It's, it's New Year's. It's just New call Year's. Me, There's a lot going on. I, I'm Roger's podcast host. That's what I am right now. So <laughs> call me, call me Roger's podcast yeah? next year. When, when the Jags win the Super Bowl, I'll paste in the actual quotes here. So, but yeah, let's, so I'll read you the name. So we got, again, Raul Julia. He's, he's just going to clean up here from Street Fighter. There's an awesome quote of, we'll read too. A lot of noms. There is John Matrix from Commando. The whole movie's quotable. Oh, we yeah. there's Detective Gino Felino. That entire movie is quotable. Steven Seagal from Out for Justice. You got Kirk Cuddy from Rockstar, and then you got Steve Latimer from the program. Which which one do you want to read first? You 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 pick. Uh, let's uh, let's just let's start with let's go from the top. Let's start with Raul Julia. So the quote is for you: the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life, but for me. It was Tuesday. Did I, <laughs> I mean, did I do it justice? You did. And and uh. the best part about that is like that quote, and this is why this is like such a strong contender. This quote has has infiltrated our daily lives. Yeah, like for, we for say li- it all the time. All the listeners of, of that, right? When Catherine Trammell, when when Nick was telling Catherine Trammell like she it was the F of the century, for her it was Tuesday. <laughs> you yeah. know? It was Tuesday for her. Yeah. And like like this quote has infiltrated our daily lives. And that is how like now you know me in bad way. Like you guys yeah. know us from listening to us for years here. But we talk in these movie quotes. Yeah. So that's how yeah. good that one is. I the one that particularly sticks out to me was like it was out of nowhere where you were talking about bad parents for yeah. I forget what the topic was. It had nothing to do with the movies. Talking about <laughs> bad parents and Drew and, and Drew was a parent to a uh, five year old. And he was talking about, yeah, these these parents, they probably don't even hug their own kids. But me, when I hug my daughter, it's just a Tuesday. Like, <laughs> I'm not perfect. a holier than thou dad here, but yeah. you know, yeah. I do I was I do hug my kid a lot and she probably hates it, but you know, I try not <laughs> to be Roger's dad. dad. I try not yeah. to be Roger's dad, yeah. so I don't want to be Roger's dad. It's just so many bad fathers on this podcast I have to compensate. Yeah. 
Uh, let, let me go with, I'll go with John Matrix. So right. he's like, remember, Sully, when I promised to kill you last? That's right, Matrix, you did. You did. I lied. <laughs> then he drops him <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> his, his, his mistake was not pulling a Raymond Calitri and shooting as he was falling. Yeah. You got to have a side piece to, to shoot you know? when, you fall, when you fall. You no. got to have it. Very good Arnold, by the way. Very good Arnold. All right. That's number two. I'm going to go with uh, Gino Felino. <laughs> Gino Felino from Steven Seagal, Alfred Justice. Anybody see Richie? Anybody know why Richie did Bobby Lupo? <laughs> the greatest Brooklyn accent of all time in any movie, right? I'm bro- I'm bro- Brooklyn. I'm bro- Brooklyn. <laughs> Buckley, Anybody Buckley. see Richie? This is I should. I'm glad I didn't cut the clips in here because no. you know it's. Then we get to talk like Steven Seagal. For, it's better. For yeah, it's better. Ten minutes. It's better. All right, I'll go with I'll go with Kirk Cuddy because I don't think I could do Steve Latimer justice like you can. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Dominic West who plays Kirk Cuddy from Rockstar. Another one that infiltrated the Daily Lives. Oh, another yeah. super quotable quote from us, but his quote was. It's got to set it up, right? So Mark Wahlberg's in the booth. He has no idea what's going to happen. And this comes out of nowhere. They're talking to each other and he can't hear anything they're saying. They turn on the mic and he just says, so you want the gig then? You want the gig then? <laughs> so you want yes. the gig then? Yes. And that, that we say that all the time. Another yeah. one, another very quotable best line of the year. So I'll I turn mean, it over to you. I can't do that. Anymore. That scene is just like goosebump city. And just when he spits that line, you want the gig then. You just feel so great for Mark Wahlberg. Best movie ever, Rockstar. And uh, <laughs> that's too low, too low. Too low. Too the too winner low. of the Too Low Award. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. The final quote comes from the program. Steve Latimer, when he learns the news that he made the starting team. Starting defense. Place at the table. Woo! <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you had to do it. <laughs> I'm still laughing at the fact that we have a word called "Is it the letterbox? Is it good?" But did you like it? <laughs> <laughs> what are we even doing with our lives, Drew? What oh my god! Doing? What what aren't we doing with our lives? Yeah. I gotta I gotta go with Bison here, right? Don't you? I mean, I want to go yeah. Felino. I want to go Gino Felino uh, because it's, it's so just, classic. But well, it's a Tuesday, comman- man. Yeah, the commando line. I mean, that's that's iconic in all of like tough guy action movies. Rockstar is kind of a, you know, a personal choice for us. And uh, the program isn't as widely known. <sighs> God, I don't know. I'm torn because... You decide. I'll let you pick whatever one you want because I like all of them. The line that Bison, that Raul Julia is with such gravitas. Yeah. Guy was you, dying of cancer when he said it too. The day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be bison. It's, it's got to be, be, right? Yeah. I mean, it close, has to be. Close second, Matrix. And very close behind Matrix is Gino Felino. Yeah, for sure. if I had to rank them, I would do the yeah. same exact thing. because It's like photo finish between two and three. <laughs> What's the, the honorable mention that should have been on here? <laughs> Whose hot dog is this? <laughs> <laughs> Whose hot dog is this? <laughs> It's just the whole scene of <laughs> of Steven Seagal improving as a tough Brooklyn detective <laughs> walking through roughing up that bar when all those guys are standing there. That whole moment is just all of those quotes should all yeah. should just be in there. It's just so good. Who's hot dog is this? What is that? Can we, can we do another Steven Seagal move soon? We need to. We, we, need we, to we do have one to ASAP. 
I want to do exit wounds so bad. Uh, yeah. We'll save it for the 2022 section because I definitely want to yeah. do that. It's, we need to. He's he's so terrible that he's great. All right, ne- next one. We got a couple left here. Uh, number eight, the Fifty Shades of Grey Worst <laughs> On Screen Chemistry Award. Anastasia Steele. Which which pair in the movies we did just did not work together on there's some, the screen. There's some good ones here. So Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton from Dante's Peak. Just an awkward couple. It's so awkward, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anything about either of their attractiveness. They're just yeah. weird together. I, Doesn't I like the movie. I like them both as actors. Yes. But they did not they did not scream love interest to me. Then you got like the opposite end of the spectrum where it was like almost too sexual. Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman. So Bruce Wayne <laughs> and Chase Meridian and Batman yeah. Forever. Yeah. It's like, it was, and I guess worst on screen chemistry doesn't mean that it's like no chemistry. It just, it's like yeah. the worst chemistry. Yes. So then you got a, a dark horse here that I think could really steal the show. Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones from Batman yeah. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, just really big. You knew they hated each other off screen. Yeah. And on screen, they were like the, what do you, what do you call it? The, uh, the odd couple. It's so weird. I just, I just don't, I don't feel in any world that Two-Face would work with a guy like that. Yeah. It's just, I don't think so. I think he would have plugged him right then and, and there. And then you got Bill Paxton playing Bill the Extreme Harding and Jamie oh. Gertz, Dr. Melissa Reeves. So his, his fiance, not his yes. wife, Helen Hunt yes. in Twister. Yeah. This is a so, tough one. It was so obvious. She was like the anti-Helen Hunt. And, yeah. you know, once Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton were on the screen together, it was clear what was going to happen. Like This right is away. a tough one, man. I don't know. I, I, what are you feeling on this one? I feel like I got to go. Oh, geez. I don't know. Kilmer and Kidman were so awkward together, weren't they? Yeah, that's that's where my head is going right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, I wanted, like, close second would be would be Pierce and Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Just because, like, you know that Linda Hamilton's, like, tripping over herself, like, her character wanting that man to be her children's stepfather, right? Yes. Like, it just seems that way, but, like, it just it's just so awkward. It's just so awkward. I, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Maybe it's him. I, Maybe it's Pierce. He He's... Like there's nothing about their attractiveness levels, right? It's it's not no. even like that. Like they're they're on screen, people see them as like maybe, you know, attractive like heartthrobs, especially Pierce Brosnan at that time. But I don't know. I think just Val Kilmer and Nicole Nicole Kidman was so over the top sexual, it was yeah. awkward to me. And, and I didn't like and, it. And Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne was so oblivious and yeah. kind of like anti sexual and yes. anti smooth, not smooth at all. Yeah. It's like Bales, Bruce Wayne would have been all over Dr. Chase Meridian. Yes. And right? and I think the way Val Kilmer played it as like this dark brooding, like I'm not criticizing his Batman because I, I love or Batman, Bruce Wayne. Like I love both his, of I love them, he was Wayne. fine. Right. He did fine on that. But it's just them together just was written yeah. really, I, it's got to be them, right? In the love department, Val Kilmer's Bruce Wayne was certainly lacking. Yeah, the off-screen award goes to Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee yeah. Jones because yes. he cannot sanction his buffoonery, as we've cannot. said many times. I mean, if you can, if you can sanction that I think we got to give it to, to Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman, unless you think anyone Agreed. else. Agree. All right, let's go with that. All right, let's, let's kind of speed through the rest here because we're, 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 up, we're up against it here, my man. We got a lot to get through here. A lot, we got four left. We're going to go with supporting actor, a.k.a. the best that guy performance. <laughs> So it's not not necessarily that guy from that thing, but just we wanted to give a shout out to the to the sidekicks and side characters of these movies. Th- this so one's this one's easy for me. So I'll, I'll read him. Bill Paxton as Simon from True Lies, the oh, used car yeah. salesman, who's well, so I'll, good. I don't know if you know, but he's got a little dick. It's pathetic. He's got, it's pathetic. <laughs> it's actually pathetic, right? <laughs> he said it, not me. Uh, Tom like Arnold, a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's so quotable. That should have been the quote. <laughs> then you got Tom Arnold from True Lies, who's just amazing. Oh, yeah. Actually, this category is not easy. This is very hard. I thought best, this was easy. Best wingman you could ever ask for, Tom Arnold. He's so good. Yeah. And then Chris Klein, Dusty Dinkleman, uh, most recent episode, who's uh, amazing from time, Just Friends. All-time classic character. And then a dark horse here, too, who actually is way better than the movie, acting way above his, his belt. Again, Dollar Store, Terry Silver, but Rand Kingsley, who plays Snyder from Three Ninjas. The movie yeah. is not good, but he kind of saves that movie. Yeah, and... He's not going to win. Let's not kid ourselves. He's not going to win this award. He deserves the nomination. We, we we felt he deserved the recognition. And it's like, I feel like they do that in the Oscars a lot too. Where they, yeah. just, they, they nominate someone so, to acknowledge, but not to win. Yeah. He was definitely better than, than the, the, he had any right to be in that movie. Playing a knockoff Terry Silver, really, if we're, if we're serious. Yeah, he was. Yeah. This is a hard one, man. I, oh man, I want to go with Dinkelman because Me he's too. so good. But Bill How Paxton, How do you not though, give it to Paxton? And then Tom Paxton, Arnold. Though. Yeah. It's it's Bill Paxton. It's, it's got to be Paxton. Bill Paxton. Yeah. D- Dusty yeah. Dinkelman is is clearly like a close yeah. second, and Tom Arnold is is two. Like you got one A, one yeah. B, and and two. But uh, uh, it's got to be Paxton. Here's why it's Bill Paxton because it's the that guy performance. Yep. And Dinkelman and Tom Arnold and Rand Kingsley are all essential to the story of their movies. They are. That Bill That's Paxton perfect. Simon character, you could delete that, and the movie's still great. It just added that much more yeah. comedy to a movie that already had everything. Yeah. It, it so didn't, that's why. You're right. Yeah. That's why he gets that. That's why he gets the That Guy Award. You're right. I'm, I'm good he was, with it. He was the MVP of a movie that didn't need another MVP. He was so good in that role. Yeah. I, Dinkelman was too, but you're right. I think you nailed it. So I, I'm good with that. I'm, if yeah. anyone wants to argue, definitely write in. Let us know. And uh, moving on to the Chet's Deadman, the squeaky clean slash washed up award. Two now, feet in the tub. Two feet. He's got the, do you want to do you want to describe wet. to the listeners that inside joke there, Drew? So, so I don't. I mean, I don't know if it started with us. I'm. I'm just gonna. We're gonna take take it to that. But I don't know why we did this. But we always used to joke about how, like, you know, someone's so washed up, they're they're just they're clean. So we just started making jokes about, like, yeah, they're they're clean. They got the break out the tie, get the soap. He's got one, he's got one foot in the tub. We talk about it like he's about to take a shower, like he's gonna be yeah. cleaned up. He's so washed up. Like yeah, it started wa- with Mel yeah. Clark, I think. Yeah, washed up equals clean. Yeah. So the cleaner you are, the more over the hill and washed up you are. Like this could be in any life. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be in, a, in any walk of life. If you're washed up, that means you are squeaky clean. You're washed up. You're you're ready for bed. You get up in the morning. You wash yourself. You're good. Like if you're almost washed up, you got one foot in the tub. Yeah. If you're completely washed up, you got the bubbles going in the bubble bath. It's like it's a whole thing. This is this is all also permeated our life where, you know, you'll like text me about our fantasy team and our fantasy players. And you're like, dude, the, the, the water's running right now. You know, Matt Ryan, like <laughs> Matt we, Ryan. we have Matt Ryan on our dynasty team and we're sitting here saying, Matt Ryan, he's got this. He's yeah. two feet in the tub right now. Yeah. So we got <laughs> so. the, bu- the, bu- the bubbles. The bubbles are flowing. Yeah. In, in the bath for, for Matt Ryan. Th- this but, is uh, a good one. So the, the nominees here. The first, this is a strong this is a strong slate here, man. It's gonna be tough. So you got Alfred, so washed up he's got McGregor's from yeah. from Batman and Robin. You got Mel Clark, <laughs> so washed up he died. McGregor's. I mean, <laughs> I mean, What's my, McGregor's? <laughs> <laughs> is that the best or the worst fake illness <laughs> that a movie's ever made? I'm, I'm just glad we're able to talk about McGregor's again. You know. <laughs> It's like groats. Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. He's got groats. I'm just glad we're able to talk about McGregor's here again. Yeah. 
Uh, Mel Clark's so washed up, he's dead, which is pretty yep. washed up. Yeah, jo- very George, washed up. <laughs> George Knox, so super washed <laughs> up, uh, playing played by Danny Glover. Uh, yep. Angels in the Outfield also, so two again from this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't think of anyone else. Can you think of what anyone about, else that belonged in here? What about Alvin Mack for the program, the linebacker, who got but his career, who lost his career to the knee injury? Oh, well, that's yeah, like, I guess that's washed up. That's like a thing where it's like he was bone dry, right? <laughs> and then in an instant, someone put a fire hose to him. <laughs> and they dumped, they dumped yeah. like a bucket of soap yeah. on him. And he's like so saturated. <laughs> he's never been cleaner in that one instant. <laughs> never been cleaner in his life. I mean, yeah, he was flying high and he's yeah. so washed. Yeah. I I don't know, man. How do you... This is a hard one because if you're dead, you're, you can't I, be... Like, he's I, an I, angel. I, I feel like Mel Clark is the uh, the impetus for this whole joke that even started. So I'm going to give it to Mel Clark, even though the old ass Alfred from yeah. the from the Schumacher Batman. <laughs> Tell you what, he's man, so washed up, pretty washed. <laughs> he's got rubber. He's got the rubber duckies out, Drew. He's got the McGregor's. Got, he's got the loofah. <laughs> oh, I'm not making light of an illness here, but he's got McGregor's. Come he's got on. McGregor's. We're allowed to make fun of a fake illness. So, because, because honestly, like, I don't want to change the name of the Chet Stedman Award, but it could be like a co-sponsored award between Chet yeah. Stedman and Mel Clark. Like, this is a memorial yeah. Mel Clark reward or something here, yeah. right? Like, yeah. McGregor's is hard to beat, but let's yeah. let's go, Mel Clark. Mel Clark died. That's how washed up he yeah, was. Yeah, he, he's like, for real. <laughs> it's hard to be more washed than that. So, all right, all right, we're going down to the last two. Best movie meltdown, on-screen meltdown. There's some good ones. Pretty much had a bitch fest on screen. Yeah, and this one we took from the MTV Movie Awards. I think they called it like Hissy Fit, but I think movie meltdown's better. So there's Brendan Fraser from Airheads when he's going on his meltdown at the radio station about radio, playing butt rock, and like not his rock, and all this other crap, right? Why won't you play my music? You play other music. That's a good one. He goes on a whole rant about the state of rock music today, and like we've all heard that argument before. Come on, man. Great performance. Come on, Chaz. Then you got Mark Wahlberg getting fired from his own tribute <laughs> band. He's like, you know, this this is my mic stand, my mic stand. And that's, a, so that's again, my cables. classic movie from mm. our 2021 slate mm. here. And then you got Barry Cox, right, played by Ryan Felipe from I Know What You Did Last Summer, where I think we even used it as the intro clip for our episode where it was, you know, yes. he's talking to Julie, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. How do you even know this is related? You did a lot of things last summer. And she says, yeah, well, only one murder came to mind. He's like, you shut the hell up. You shut the hell up. And he, he busts out of nowhere, which is, I guess it's not a meltdown. It's more just a snap, It's a meltdown. It's, he melted down. He and then the down. ultimate meltdown, yeah. maybe a literal meltdown, Volcano from Dante's <laughs> <laughs> you can't we can't do movie meltdowns and not include yeah. a volcano on this list i mean i don't know can you beat i don't know is that the winter or I don't it's like know. a super storm i feel yeah. like i feel like it's, it's a the super storm it's, it's a cheat, cheat code, code. <laughs> it, it, it's clearly the winner but i don't know that i would vote for it who, who are you picking oh man um probably going with mark Wahlberg. yeah because i got the band he quit the band pretty spectacularly and he was pretty much being a bitch about it when he probably should have been worried about his crappy originals we, we got to go. We got to go yeah. Mark Wahlberg. We have and to. He, he learned. He learned later on. It's a good movie. Trust me. He learned. If you haven't seen this movie, by the way, you need to go watch this movie. It's it's really good. It's not that good, but it's It's probably it's the best movie, you know, of all time. You know, not just music movies of all time. It's the best movie ever. Look, so it's critically acclaimed now that it has the letterbox. Is it good? Yes. But did you like it? Best movie yeah. award from the last it, one podcast. It's like it's definitely like put, you know, just you got to put it on the, the DVD on the back cover. Too low. Too low. Too, too low. 
way too low. Quote Kevin Bowie, the, the Blaster yeah. Podcast. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's wrap that this, quote on there. Let's wrap this thing up. I have no idea how long we've been going. It's like 4 a.m. I'm delirious. I don't know about you. Um, no one else is listening. So let's uh, wrap it up with number 12, Steve Seagal. Best action sequence, the Steven Seagal Award. And of course, do we have a Steven Seagal scene? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he's not going to win his own award here, but it's going to be tough because he's going up against some really, really tough contenders for our 2021 slate. You got the Steven Seagal, Gino Foligno bar fight from Out for Justice, the one where we talked about whose hot dog is this? Whose hot dog is this? You got the Commando raid from Commando by John Mm. Matrix when he's just Mm. taking down, it's like the highest body count ever besides Rambo, uh, the, the new Rambo movie. You got Schwarzenegger again, double double nominee here from True Lies with the horse chase, like one of the most iconic scenes from yes. that movie. And then you got Pierce Brosnan and driving the the oh. Ford Bronco through lava. I know yes. it's not like an action scene per se, but how are we going to not put that on this list? No. It works. It works. And and then you got the final boss, the Twister final boss, the F five tornado from Twister, and then outrunning it, going into the the barn it's a great scene right yeah, great from scene. all the movies this is a tough one man oh man uh what are you feeling what do you give me give me your top i have two, two. Give me i have top two. two so i think in no particular order the commando raid just because it's so iconic and it it is so good and he's yeah. just taking the guys down he has a rocket launcher on his arm it was in yeah. the blood bank cover art right how are you not gonna yes. put that of course but then how are you not gonna take a guy that puts like a cue ball in like a handkerchief and starts bashing people over the head. Throws a guy in a phone booth. So, the 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 last three, the horse chase with true lies, cheat code. Right. You had so James Cameron. You had James Cameron directed that thing. Yeah. You know, it's cheat code. Not fair. Uh, Dante's Peak driving lava through the car. It's a volcano. You know, Twister final boss. It's it's an act of God. So we got to give it to our true action heroes. Yeah. Ah. It's hard, right? It's like I want to give it to Commando, but the comedy that went along yes. with the ass kickery in Alfred <laughs> and that Alfred Justice bar scene. Mm. But is it fair? Because he the body direct, like, count, yeah, the body counts higher, but the bar fight is funnier. Yes, it is, <laughs> and I feel like the the comedy aspect of it. <laughs> like he has the pool cue. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you're right the badassery of the commando raid is one thing yeah, but <laughs> yeah and like best sound design of all time should have won an oscar of that cue like knocking hitting, teeth out knocking teeth out that like you can't beat that i mean there's other scenes in commando that probably should have been honorable mention like you know the the car chase he flipping the car the, the shootout in the the motel like there's yeah, so many good scenes. Probably, probably not the mall scene because that's that was a very dumb scene. <laughs> <laughs> Hiding behind the pillar. Hiding behind the pillar. <laughs> I think I got. We gotta go Seagal, right? He's got to win his own award here. Yeah, it's, I know it's Seagal. blasphemy because yeah. when you, look when you think about who's a better actor and who makes literal better movies. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a better human being than Steven yeah. Seagal, and I mean, maybe you could argue that, right? And then at the same time, the movie Commando is probably it is a much better movie than Out for Justice, but. Of course. It's the Steven Seagal bar. That's theme. not. That's not what this is. Like the the, the pure entertainment factor of the comedy yeah. of his bad, his horrible Brooklyn accent, offensive yeah. Italian <laughs> Brooklyn accent. Bro. Just get the, give him the points on that. The man is from New Orleans. Yeah. All right. Y'all think y'all could beat me in the kitchen? Remember that? That was your yeah. quote. He thinks he's from New York. He's not. 
All right, let let's let's give it to him and let's recap All the right. awards because we got some we got some hot take awards here, but I think that these are good. Why don't I'll read? Let's t- let's t- uh, tee off here. I'll do the first one. You do the second one. So the the first one, the letterbox is it good? But did you like it? Best movie award? Too low. We too we low. probably have to rename that thing. Rockstar. <laughs> we we gave that the Rockstar winner. The Leave It in the Past award too high. Bad nostalgia <laughs> goes to three inches. And then the Nicolas Cage Acting Clinic Award, soon to be renamed to the Raul Julia Acting Clinic Award, is goes to Raul Julia himself for M. Bison from Street Fighter. The Wayne Campbell, can't we get somebody better than this? Mail it in award goes to George Clooney for Batman and Robin. <laughs> the Terry Silver Villain of the Year Award, controversial here, goes oh. to Sharon Stone, who plays Catherine Trammell, slightly narrowing out Raul Julia, but we got to give it to her. It was the right choice. Sharon Stone. Yeah. Peter McAllister, Worst Father of the Year Award, goes to Roger's dad from Angels of the Outfield, blowing <laughs> motorcycle dust in his son's face as he leaves town as quickly as possible. Oh, man. Cue the motorcycle sound here. Uh, best Line of the Year Award, uh, Raul Julia, who plays M. Bison, Street Fighter for the... But for me, it was a Tuesday. Can't argue with that one. <laughs> it's the way he says Tuesday. Tuesday. Fifty Shades of Grey, Worst On-Screen Chemistry Award, goes to Val Kilmer and Nicole Kid- Kidman in Batman Forever. Can't argue that. The best supporting actor, the best that guy performance, Bill Paxton, I got a little dick, Simon. It's pathetic. <laughs> True lies. Winner. The Chet Stedman squeaky clean slash washed up <laughs> award goes to Mel Clark. He just the outfield so squeaky clean, he's dead. That's gonna that's gonna be the coast the coast squeaky award there. Uh movie meltdown, on screen meltdown. <laughs> How did the volcano not win this? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg of Rockstar, the My Mike Stan quote. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, the Steven Seagal Best Action Sequence Award goes to Steven Seagal and his bar fight at Alfred Justice. I just want to know if anybody's seen Richie. I just need to know. (laughs) Gino, don't call him Gino. Whose hot dog is this? (laughs) Dude, that was fun. I had a blast. I am so curious if people agree with these winners. We'll put them on the website. Before we go, I want to ask you a couple quick questions here. We did 2021. This was a great year, man. I got to say, like, first, let me thank you for doing this show with me. Like I said in the beginning, I can't think of anyone else that, that I could, that we could do this with. So thank you for being you, man. You're, you're the best co-host that we got here. And it's fun doing this. I promise not to Mark Wahlberg you and just take all the talent yeah. and walk out the door. I you promise gotta, I won't do that. Say, hey, man, this is my mic stand. <laughs> I, I have your microphone right in front of yeah, me right you now. You, you can take it. You can take it. What, what, if I ask you about 2022, so we talk a little bit about 2021, we recap the year. What are you most looking forward to with this podcast for 2022? It could be a movie. It could be something you want well, to do. Well, first of all, I think we alluded to it. Maybe more, maybe, maybe have a guest or two on, maybe collaborate a little more with some people. That'd be fun. And uh, yeah, I want to get into more horror movies. I feel like there's some some uh, untapped movies there. And uh, I do have a request where I, I think you've kind of like are, are afraid to do this movie for fear of sheer boredom. I want to. I want. I've never seen Waterworld, Drew, and I want to watch oh, Waterworld, and I want to do Waterworld. I want. I'm gonna. Re- well, we are literally recording you saying I want to watch Waterworld, and yeah, I'm gonna play that back idea? for you after I've you never watch seen it. Waterworld. I've heard so many bad things about Waterworld. It's boring. It's the worst movie ever. I don't hate. I it. I want to see it for myself. But I'm afraid that you will not like it. I don't want to put words it's, in your mouth. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna color it for you. But. Yeah. We'll do the, Waterworld. We will do the it. The movie sucks. We'll make a podcast out of it. No big we'll deal. do it. We will do Waterworld in 2022. Right, I definitely want to do another Seagal movie for sure. And another thing that I want to do, definitely agree with you, 
like one thing I didn't get a chance to say for 2021, we talked about meeting other podcasters and all that stuff. We've met some awesome people through this show and some of the collaborations that we've been able to do. I know Chris came on. Thank you, Chris, for coming on, talking about Cobra Kai when we did the uh, Cobra Kai bonus episode, Chris from yes. Pro Wrestling Repackaged um, and some other podcasts. Thank you so much, Chris. And and Ken, Ken Cole from YouTube, we've had the chance to be on Ken's YouTube channel uh, and we've had a chance to do a live stream with Ken the other day for Cobra Kai season four. That was awesome. I definitely want to do some live stream type of stuff for our show in 2022. I think we could we could do something fun with that. If people are into it, uh, we could talk about movies. We could talk about these type of awards things. I definitely want to do some more of that if people are interested in that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Hey, more sexy thrillers, Drew. More sexy thrillers. <laughs> So uh, I want to ask everybody. So you know, as we as we get out of here, we'll have another episode on Thursday, June or January twentieth. That's in two weeks from now. If you haven't had a chance and you enjoy our show, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify now. But more importantly, what do you guys want from this show in twenty twenty two? Are you enjoying the two week release cycle? Uh, are there other things that movies that you guys want us to do? Are there other type of content? Uh, is there other type of content that you want us to put out? Send us an email, thelastrowpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on this episode's page, thelastrowpodcast.com, right in the episode notes. Um, you can also tweet at us at the last row pod, and you can leave a comment on our Facebook page on the Facebook episode, facebook.com slash the last row pod. Leave a comment on the Instagram page uh, as well. So any way that you guys want to send us some feedback, definitely appreciate what you all are looking for in 2022. And we just want to say Happy New Year to everybody. And thank you so much for being with us on this journey again. We're back from the dead here and we owe it all to you guys who listen to us every two weeks and and put up with us. Um, So just thank you all so much. And we'll see you guys in, in two weeks. Yeah, what he said, all that, what he said, that's what I say too. So we really missed an opportunity here for best love scene. What would, I mean, would it just go to, would it just go to Basic Instinct? There's only one love scene, really. I think we did all year. It was the F of Century, really. Yeah, really. I mean, but there was multiple love scenes in that movie. Yeah, I mean, we could have compared the multiple love scenes. But one scene...